What is up, restaurant world? Welcome to the Tip Share, where we dive deep into the labyrinth of all things restaurant, open up conversations with owners, operators, vendors, and industry experts to explore everything that's happening within the industry and its current climate. Sit back, grab your shift drink, and let's share our tips. Welcome everyone today. I'm super excited to talk to our guests. I'd like to introduce Paul Sullivan, the owner, and Robbie Heyer, the executive chef of Esther's Neighborhood Pub. Welcome, Robbie and Paul. Thanks for coming today. Thanks for having us. Good to see you. Of course. Uh, selfishly, I was really looking forward to this one. My friends know that March Madness is a, a, a go-to holiday for me, and watching those basketball games is crucial. You're my go-to for March Madness. I love the TVs all around. I love the food. It's really high-quality food. That's my that's my zen place. That's my relaxing place. I look forward to it all year, and unfortunately, the timing was, uh, was pretty rough this year, but uh, years before that, I made it and had a great time. Nice. Well, we'll have to celebrate twice as hard next year to watch it. We enjoyed it as well. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Uh, so if you're in the Denver metro area, you should certainly already know about Esther's. They have a couple locations uh, in the Denver metro area. Great place to watch sports. Like I said, really high quality food. Um, I'll put those nachos up against any bar um, or any restaurant, really, and killer service. You guys always come through with service, too. Um Paul, tell me a little bit about the Esther story leading up to the beginning of this year. Yeah, absolutely. So Esther's is um, almost five and a half years old now at our first location, which is Virginia Village. That's the neighborhood it's in in Denver. Um, and I've lived in this neighborhood for a long time. Um, and that's really sort of where the idea started is it's a great neighborhood. It's sort of tucked away in the city and um, it didn't really have any great bars or restaurants. I had been, my previous career was selling beer to bars and restaurants, so I've sort of been in that aspect of it for a while, and basically that is where the story started. And then I um, was lucky enough to meet Robbie, who is also on the phone call now. He's our exec chef, and so I sort of had the idea about what I wanted it to look like, how I wanted it to feel, the service you were talking about. But I didn't know food. I mean, I knew I liked good food, and I sort of had an idea of it. So I was lucky enough to meet Robbie. We kind of hit it off right away. I sort of talked to him about, about my idea, and Robbie's really the one who executed the menu and and is in charge of all of the food and back house, everything for both locations still um, since we had started. Um, we opened the second location about two years ago now um, in another neighborhood in Denver called Park Hill. Um, and that's sort of how we got to where we're at today. Yeah, and and things were looking really up for you at the beginning of uh, 2020, right? You, you're really optimistic. I mean, it, I would sum it up as as your your initial location. You kind of had running pretty smoothly, and that second location was going through some of the some of the learning curve that uh, that new restaurant openings go through. But you're starting things were looking up for 2020. Uh, for you guys, and then and then March Madness time. Just just for me, yeah. uh, the uh -huh. pandemic hit. What happened? Tell me about that. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. We um, were lucky enough to get going really good at our first location and felt like we were on to something, opened the second location. And as you said, um, you know, that brought on new challenges. And I think it took Robbie and I a little bit to sort of adjust to that new sort of reality. But we were really getting our feet underneath us and working hard on it. 
And then COVID happened and we just like everybody had to completely, you know, sort of change how we were doing things. Obviously the to-go business became a huge aspect of the business. Um, and then Robbie can speak a little bit more to it, but yeah, we had to look at every, every single thing we do as a restaurant, which, um, you know, all of our numbers, all of our costs, the food being a huge aspect of that, we really had to adjust the menu. We had to streamline things more. We also had issues with food distributors not getting us sort of what we had anticipated getting. And so, so yeah, we had to change a lot, um, a lot of logistics behind it in terms of third-party delivery services and and kitchen getting really, really busy for a couple hours during the day and then not being as busy for the rest of the day. So all sorts of challenges. Um, and it was difficult, and it still is. I feel like we've adjusted pretty well, continue to learn, continue to get better at it, and luckily able to still be here and doing all right through all this. No doubt. No doubt. Robbie, so you have to make some changes on your menu. You see, you talked about having to negotiate prices with your vendor. Were there any menu items specifically that you had to cut because the cost was just too high um, or too too volatile during that time? Um, yeah, there were a few items. I mean, we tried to be as smart about it as we could. Um, I, I mentioned the belly sandwich being one of those items that, um, you know, the, just the labor that went into to prepping that item. Um, and it wasn't, you know, a great food cost item for us. So we tried to look at things um, in both ways. Like, does it make sense prep-wise? Are we spending a ton of labor on this one item? Um, are we able to get the product in-house on a consistent basis? Because we don't want to be 86ing things every, you know, couple days because we're having uh, issues getting the products from the distributor. Um, so, yeah, we kind of we kind of looked at it at all angles and tried to put together a menu that still had some fan favorites on there, um, but also made sense for us uh, to kind of power through this pandemic. Yeah, and I love hearing that you had to consider the labor execution of the items you're cutting as well. I think a lot of people who were limiting their menu during this time, yeah, sure, the cross-utilization of ingredients and those kind of things, but... Thinking of the labor, too, was something you guys specifically did well. Um, and you're actually in a unique position where you improved your labor efficiency in the back of the house with significantly less revenue. Not a lot of restaurants can say that right now. Can you speak a little more, not just changing the menu, but what else did you do to, uh, to improve those labor efficiencies, especially in the back house uh, during this time, Robbie? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were able to keep our best people, you know, um, and you get a little bit more out of your best people. Um, we kind of got a control on uh, turnover, which has definitely helped uh, with that as well. But as far as the prep stuff goes, you know, just trying to make sure we're maximizing shelf lives, writing really good prep lists that, you know, if we have a three-day shelf life on you know, ranch dressing or something, let's make sure that we're getting the three days out of it and we're prepping it on Monday and then we're prepping it on Thursday. So we're doing it twice a week and we just try to be diligent about that kind of stuff. Got it. I also uh, I also follow you guys on, uh, on social media. You guys are heavily active on social media. Paul, what's the feedback been from your from your customer, Robbie said you have to consider cutting items that are uh, fan favorites. What what's the feedback been from your customers on the limited menu? And are you going to uh, 
full menu now, or did you make any changes? Yeah, I would say our menu is definitely more streamlined than it was pre-COVID. And I don't think that our customers would necessarily know that, you know? So, like, we tried to really just focus on what we can do better sort of um, on the back end of all of that. So, yes, there is definitely a few less items. But I feel like we were able to come up with sort of interesting things to replace them where you don't sort of notice that. At least we haven't received that sort of feedback, which has been good. Um, and then, yeah, through I, I truly believe that social media is massively important for restaurants, um, and I always believe that. Um, and I just think this is making that even more important. It's so important right now, in my opinion, to stay engaged with your customers, even if they're not coming into the restaurant. You know, that used to be something that we were able to do on a day-to-day -day basis with people coming in here. So, so that's even becoming a more important part of our business moving forward and trying to stay engaged, basically. Yeah, and, and again, I follow you on social media, and what I take away from that I think you're doing a good job of as well is you're making it feel like you're part of the local community, right? I think people who follow you uh, are, are also probably rooting for you guys to succeed, and I think a, a lot of restaurants who are going to make it out of this uh, limited shutdown are doing an especially good at that job of that during their marketing. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, we are a part of the community. Um, we live here. Uh, my kids go to school in this community, you know, so we try to be authentic. We understand this is a tough situation for everybody, not just on restaurants. We are trying to be viable and survive and pay our people money who work here, you know, like doing all the fundamental things of the business. And we need support from the community. And I feel like it's going both ways at the moment. And it, it sort of went like that before COVID, you know, and where we sort of, we feel lucky to do business in the communities that we do business in, and we are supported really well for that. So, um, so again, COVID has put a brighter light on all of that, but it is something that's sort of been essential to our business from day one, I would say. All right, Robbie, back to you. And I'm sorry, I'm super curious about uh, limiting the menu still. What about, so to-go revenue, I'm going to assume that to-go revenue um, was a bigger part of your business model um, during, and, 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 uh, during the limited shutdown than it was before. Have you had to change any of your portion sizes to fit in boxes? Have you had to change any of your menu items that you offer? Um, how are you, are you guys better now than you were before at executing to go? I mean, you have to be. Um, it's going to be a huge part of our business, you know, not just, you know, once we get all this stuff figured out, but I think moving forward. So we're just trying to execute on a high level, um, take out, you know, still giving the, the hospitality that we would give, making sure that we're double checking orders, making sure that pizza, you know, I mean, working in restaurants for a long time, you know, to go is kind of, we're always thrown down to the end of the line and kind of given second priority over dining guests. Um, so we're really trying to refocus that, you know, because it is such a huge part of our business now. And um, as far as menu goes, we have, I mean, we don't offer brunch to go. Um, it's a quality thing. You know, we want to be proud of the products, uh, you know, that people are getting at their house you know, when they get home to enjoy it. Um, and brunch food just doesn't travel well for us. So uh, that was a, also a part, you know, when we were going through 
uh, the menu engineering post, you know, once COVID hit and just making sure that we're proud and we can stand behind, you know, all of our to-go options. I love it, Robbie. And again, I'm going to keep repeating myself, but I think that's what a lot of restaurants who are succeeding um, during this uh, during this shutdown are doing. Um, what I hear you guys saying that I love is you're you're pivoting when you see you need to pivot. You aren't just putting your head in the sand and hoping this goes away. Um, eyes wide open. You're making decisions that you need to make. You're doing a great job on social media and and and. Uh, yelling loudly that you're part of the community. Um, and what I'm hearing you say with some of your to-go product is, and, and I love this, Robbie, I want to highlight this, is that you're going to end up better when this is over because you're able to handle more to-go volume, more to-go um, sales. Have you guys used third-party delivery services to do that? Um, or are you doing your own to-go sales? Paul, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So as Robbie said, like pre-COVID, um, you know, deliver to go was not a big part of our business. Um, and so we did. So first we sort of shifted to a third party service that we were already using, but that became sort of a bigger deal. And then we started learning more about that sort of third party service and sort of the logistics that go behind it, making sure your menus are accurate, making sure your orders are coming in accurately. And that was, you know, once you start, it's like a can of worms, you know? So, um, so we have made some changes there and what ultimately ended up happening was we invested heavily in our own website. We launched a new website for Esther's that has much more capabilities in terms of to go and seamlessly doing things online. And then we're really, really trying to direct our customers to use that website to pay online. And then we have set up to go tents at both restaurants where people can literally drive up and grab their food that they ordered through our own website, eliminating the third party. Um, so that took us a while to get there and a required investment. But again, I think it's a much better website. It allows us to do a whole bunch more and will make us better in the future. It's already helped a ton. Um, and you know, the third parties are all right. They serve a purpose and, and, and there's some legislation that just got passed that's gonna help that be a little bit more reasonable for us as a restaurant to handle. So. It's not like we're necessarily like hate them and never want to do business with them. We prefer to do it through our own website so we can control costs and we control the experience a little better, but we're utilizing everything we can to get the food out basically. Awesome. Well, Robbie and Paul, I really enjoyed the time today. Uh, I love you guys sharing your stories because I truly believe a lot of restaurants can uh, learn from them because I think there's a lot of things you guys have done right during this shutdown. I'll be uh, I'll be rooting for you and hopefully I'll be uh, come March. Uh, I'm hoping I can uh, get in there and watch some basketball again. I can't wait. We can't wait either. We hope so too. All right. Thanks so much, Paul. Thanks so much, Robbie. Yeah, you got it. Thanks for joining us this week on The Tip Share. Make sure to visit our website, restaurantaccountingservices.com, where you can view more educational content, subscribe to our monthly newsletter so you'll never miss an episode. Thanks again.